Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life. Good afternoon, Ramey. How are you? Doing good, Bonnie. Doing good. So I have to share with our listeners and with you, I heard this really cool saying the other day, I was watching Manifest. I don't know if you've watched the show or not, yeah, but yeah. it's, yeah. So one of the characters says, and because it relates to what we do about, and we talk about this all the time on the show about taking a minute to breathe, mm-hmm. you know, and just taking those three deep breaths. So he, he had the saying that said, breathe in the flowers, blow out the candles. Ooh. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I had to share that with you and our listeners. No, that is really cool. I like that visualization because it really brings a tangible exercise to it. Breathing right. in that scent, blowing yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I could have used about an hour ago. I'm dealing with a HOA in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. They're terrible. They are. They are. Yeah. That's right. That's that's right. Uh, Lorraine in Las Vegas. I'm talking to you. Ah, <laughs> Tell that call out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know who you are. I'm watching you. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a really special guest today. And what I love about this guest is it really touches on a subject. I know many of us women in particular deal with on a daily basis, and that's body positivity. Whether that is accepting your body as it is, if you're on a weight loss journey, whatever that is, or as you're aging, it's a really difficult thing for many of us women to have that body positivity. So we are welcoming Lizzie Merritt. She's the confident body coach. And I'm going to read her bio here, and then we're going to jump right into our um, interview. Lizzie Merritt is a Martha Beck certified Wayfinder life coach and professional weight loss coach specializing in helping people figure out why they don't do the things they think they should in order to lose weight and feel happy. She believes that dieting diets are just the worst. The only way to lose weight is imperfectly. And that weight loss is much more about what's between your ears than what's on your plate. Check out her book, You Are a Miracle, to learn about all the things that diets don't tell you. And I will say, Lizzie, I've been reading your book. I had hoped to finish it by your interview, but I'm just devouring it. It's it's really, really good. Um, so Lizzie also runs Spartan Races, cries at cheesy commercials. and is Ooh, me huge, too. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? She's a huge Marvel movie nerd. That's big in our house too. So, Welcome, Lizzie. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much, Bonnie and Ramy. It is a delight to be here. Uh, I just am so grateful to get a chance to chat with you and uh, share some some good stuff with your audience. Wonderful. Yeah, well, we're, we're excited really, to be here. Really excited. As I said, I'm reading your book, and it is really thought provoking. And not only that, but it's lighthearted and humorous. It's like having a conversation with you. I swear, it's just good stuff. It's it's. Not your typical weight loss journey book. It really gets, like you said, between your ears. What's what's going on in here? So we're excited Thank to hear so more, much. more yeah, about my that. My favorite compliments about the book is people will tell me it feels like we're having a conversation. It feels like I'm talking with a friend. Um, yeah, so absolutely. So great. Yeah, I can confirm that. It's great. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, so I. Uh, I, I was an athlete when I was younger, um, but went to college and put on the requisite pounds and then, you know, struggled a little bit after college and then got a, a sitting down type of job, had two babies and um, just like, where did this weight come from? And um, then a friend of mine started a stroller strides franchise, which is an exercise for moms with their babies in the strollers. And, and she went on maternity leave and asked me to help her teach. And I said, that's great. Um, but like, this is a temporary thing, right? And uh, I found that I actually really enjoyed teaching uh, and it was it was wonderful. But I also, the more I taught fitness, the more I felt like an imposter. 
because I didn't feel comfortable in my skin. I didn't feel like I had lost the baby weight. I didn't feel like I had lost the weight from college. So who was I to be up in front of a class teaching these women how to lose their baby weight or feel better in their skin? And so I thought, I know, I'll read a diet book or 10. And so I, you know, I tried lots of different diets and, um, the more I dieted, the more I exercised, the more I felt not there. I was, I was not okay with how I felt. I could only see in the mirror how I was not where I wanted to be. And I vividly remember one, one day, uh, you know, with another diet book, uh, in front of me and just kind of just pulling back and just saying, this is ridiculous. If, if exercise and nutrition are not getting me where I want to be, there's got to be more to it. Maybe it's between my ears. And so I went on a several year long journey of trying to figure out how can I be happy with my body, no matter what I weigh, no matter what the scale says, no matter what I see in the mirror, how can I learn to appreciate this, this miracle, this organism that I get to kind of walk around in and experience this life through, irregardless of the scale, while also trying to, you know, I can still try and be healthier, but I want to be happy, whatever I weigh. And so that's kind of how I came to what I do, um, which is helping people feel comfortable in their own skin. And if they also want to lose weight, I have lots of skills for that. But the, the main job is, how do you love yourself today? I love that. It, it, you know, we can all jump on the scale. And whether it's five pounds or 50 pounds, we all will want to lose some weight. But I mean, you're absolutely right. How often do you look in the mirror and just appreciate your body for what it is? And are you okay today at this weight? Um, I Personally, it's been a struggle for me. It's, it's always that yeah, dangling carrot. Life will be better if and when. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's and always we're, something. We're taught that. You know, we're taught whether it's by media or society you know media of course shows the the model on tv like you should look like this um society whether we, you know we're in school teaches us to you know sit down and be quiet and study hard to get the a plus and in in terms of the the our body the a plus is whatever the number says on the scale and we're kind of taught to always be striving for for something that we're not there yet we're not taught how to love and appreciate ourselves today that would you know that's a skill that you know nobody teaches us in school right yeah and on that thought I actually researching for our interview a little bit I came across some blogs you wrote for tiny buddha oh my and, yes yeah and you had some really amazing stuff in there that I'd love for you to talk about on this right here I think is a good place to do it and learning to love our bodies and it was about gratitude mm-hmm. and showing our body gratitude so I read that and was like, well, that's pretty powerful. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. Thank you. Um, I'm impressed. That was that was several years ago. Um, so as I mentioned, that um, that kind of that personal journey that I went on to figure out how can I feel happy with my body, I remember like, well, I, I've got to start with gratitude. And what what even if the scale isn't saying what I wanted to say, what can I feel grateful for for my body? And I began to practice a daily sort of, at first it was just kind of quiet time, but it really became a, a meditation of thinking about each part of my body, um, inside and outside. So I'm talking about like my heart, my lungs, um, on the inside, so organs, and then on the outside, fingers, arms, toes, eyes, et cetera. And what can I appreciate about this piece, this part of my body that it does for me? So my heart beats somehow it works with my lungs and exchanges oxygen and, and it, you know, nourishes the rest of my body. Like, wow, I don't do anything to help it do that. And it does it all by itself. Gosh, that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, take it to my arms. I may not like the way they look in the mirror, but I get to hug my kids with my arms. And there are so many things that we can be feel grateful for and using all five of our senses as well. Um, cause so yeah. often we only look, we only use what we see in the mirror. But if you think about, I'm so grateful for my ears because I get to hear my kids laughing or the wind through the trees or, um, you know, the taste of coffee or the sand between my toes. There's so many amazing things that our bodies bring to us 
that we can feel appreciative and grateful for, no matter what the scale says, because your body gives you those miraculous experiences experiences uh, today. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. The census thing was kind of really cool for me. So I've now already started trying to engage in that. So this morning I'm doing some pet sitting right now, filling in for my pet sitter. I used to have a business doing pet sitting too, but um, so this morning I was out walking the dog and I was like, okay, let's try this. So I'm like, okay, I close my eyes for a minute while we're out walking and I feel the sun on my face and that feels amazing, right? So we're talking about the feeling. I looked around and I could see the wind blowing the tall grasses and that was kind of a cool thing. And then uh, petting on the kitties was the touch part, right? Right. So it was really neat to, to do that and to just really think about, again, it's very mindful, but in the moment, the things that your body allows you to do. Yeah. And hearing the birds. So anyway, I just thought that was cool. So I, I wanted to make sure we brought that up. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. That's beautiful. And and also kudos to you for taking that time to pause and be like, what is, what can I appreciate that my body is bringing me in this moment? And, you know, in our weight loss journey, we, we almost spend a lot of time almost in an antagonistic relationship with our bodies. Like I'm so, I'm fighting with it. I want it to look different. I want it to be different. And we don't spend a lot of time feeling like, Thank you, body. I'm so glad that I get to hear the birds, that I get to see the wind, that you know my body brings this to me. And so it can be, um, this is a little cheesy, but I'm like almost feeling like a, a flower blooming that, you know, to begin that relationship with your body of like, hey, maybe we're in this, this life together. You know, you and your body are going to be together for a long time. But what if you could be partners as opposed to always kind of at odds with your body? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think that there is this disconnect that causes people to have that lack of um, gratitude to their body? And, you know, beyond that, why do we hold off living our lives until we've reached that ultimate desired weight or body image? Mm. Um, That is a multi-layered question. So (laughs) you're welcome. Um, so first, why do we have that disconnect? Um, another thing we're not taught is how to feel our feelings. We, uh, first of all, feeling, some of our feelings are really big and kind of a lot. And so they can be, it can be tempting to want to escape from that. Not only that, but our brains, you know, are most of the brain is still relatively evolutionarily primal. Uh, we've got our prefrontal cortex. That's the the conscious part of our minds, uh, which is what makes us human. That's where we decide things for the future. Like I'm going to go on a diet, but the bigger part of our brains is the subconscious, uh, you know, the habit brain. And that was the part of the brain that was evolved back in caveman, cave gal days. And so that part of the brain has an operating system, which is basically seek pleasure, avoid pain, and let's make life as easy as possible. And so when we experience a big emotion or even not a big emotion, but slightly unpleasant, like let's say boredom, our lower brain, which is the more kind of powerful part of the brain says, this is, you know, avoiding pain. I don't like this. So let's avoid it. Let's seek pleasure. And of course, back in caveman days, pleasures was, you know, relatively straightforward. But these days, food is it's a natural source of dopamine, which is a pleasure chemical, but it's also chemically altered to be just hyper palatable. And so over time, our brains have learned that if we're seeking pleasure and avoiding pain, uh, food is a really quick answer because it is hyper palatable sugar, of course, you know, it makes it feel, makes us feel very good very quickly. So it's very easy for us to disconnect from our bodies and turn to food because that is our primal part of our brain saying, I want to seek pleasure and avoid pain An easy fix food. Here we go. Do you want me to turn towards the, why do we avoid waiting to, to like feel happy or do we want to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that all makes sense. That primal, what you're talking about, the, the primal brain, we've talked about that on, on other levels as well as it relates to other emotions and situations in our life. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. Food is immediately Immediate. available. Yeah. 
as opposed to, let me just sit and deal with this feeling I'm having. That's not our first instinct. Mm -hmm. So you create this cycle of feed those emotions, literally. Right now you're gaining weight and you're not dealing with anything. It's that vicious cycle. Yeah. I like to refer to it as the shame cycle of doom because, you know, you might have an unpleasant or even just, you know, mildly unpleasant emotion like boredom or something. And so you're, if you're not actively trying to like, I'm just going to sit with this boredom and like allow it and feel it, which takes work. And it's not exactly the most fun experience. It's very easy to turn to the chips or the cookies. But then our reasoning brain comes in and says, oh, I shouldn't, that should word, have had the chips or the cookies. And so now we feel shame. And shame is a lot more intense than boredom. But it's bad. It's a bad feeling. And so now the brain is like, wait, I feel bad. How do I feel better? I know, chips and cookies. And so it becomes this kind of downward spiral that when we judge ourselves, when we shame ourselves for turning to the food, for um, you know, struggling, which is a completely normal, natural thing. When we, when we get that self-judgment in there, that makes things so much harder because it creates more amplified negative feelings, which our brain more intensely wants to run away from. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that shame cycle before we jump into the, um, why do we wait? Sure. Let's let's talk a bit more about that. It seems like a good segue to talk about the shame cycle. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I admire about the two of you in your podcast is you talk about one of you know the most relationship, excuse me, the most important relationship you have is the one you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And this ties into the the shame cycle and and how we talk to ourselves is so crucial when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to feeling confident or comfortable in your own skin, that we are in some ways taught or conditioned to shame ourselves, to judge ourselves. We're not taught how to have self-compassion. And yet studies have been done that show that self-compassion is so much more effective at long-term behavior change than self-judgment. And so your self-talk I would say is is much more important to your weight loss journey than what you put on your plate. And um, in addition to that, a lot of times we you know kind of tying back to like we we push off feeling happy until the finish line. When we do that, we don't allow ourselves to feel good. And and again, like a lot of us, we're we're very um, driven. You know, our society is go go go, achieve the goal pick a new goal, keep going, keep going. We don't spend a lot of time stopping to celebrate. Um, And a lot of times as women, it it doesn't feel natural. It feels kind of almost braggadocious to stop and be like, I did a good job. However, when we don't allow ourselves that moment to feel like, you know what, I made a plan and I only followed it 30% of the time, 30% is better than 10%. That's a win. When we don't allow ourselves that little win, again, it it doesn't it doesn't allow us to continue to keep going, and so we get discouraged and we quit. It is that those little wins that allow us to keep going that are so important. So, kind of tying back to that conversation in your head, um, it's it feels sometimes fluffy or silly to be like you got to be your biggest cheerleader, but it is it's not at all. It is science that if you can find ways to find wins that will help you keep going. Yeah. So now talk a little bit more about why we wait to celebrate until we lose, you know, until we lose the weight. Of course. Um, Again, kind of going back to the, one of the reasons is, you know, in our society, we're, we're very driven towards, you know, set a goal, drive to achieve the goal, and you get to be happy when you achieve it. Um, actually Sean Acor has written a really great book called the happiness advantage, where he talks about this. When we, we set a goal and we say, I'll be happy when I get the promotion, when I get the job, when I lose the weight. But the problem is we, our brains get really good at what we practice. And if we practice, I'll be happy when we never learn how to be happy now. And so we can get to the goal. 
but our brains don't know how to be happy today. No, even if on the outside I achieve the goal. And so we're we're taught how to go for the goal, but we're not taught how to be happy when we get it. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're we're kind of trained that way. But I think also as women, a lot of times we're nurturers and it's a lot of the the kind of human nature is to take care of others um, to make sure that everyone else is okay. And so we put ourselves, our needs last. And not only does that make it harder for us to make time to, to make the time to, to do the activities that require us uh, that are required to lose weight, but it also makes it harder for us to allow ourselves to feel good because somebody else needs something. You know, I don't have time to sit and say, I feel so good about how much progress I'm making because we're conditioned to take care of everybody else. But what that does is, again, our brains get really good at what we practice. If we practice saying, I'll be happy when I lose weight, then you never learn how to be happy no matter what your weight is. And so what I like to help people learn how to do is how how to be happy while you lose weight. Yeah. And we've, I think we've talked about happiness several times on our podcast and there's this whole idea of um, chasing happiness mm. and truly you can't chase it, right? It has to come from within you and it needs to come within from within you now. Um, Cause you'll chase it. I, I relate it to Christmas. It's this kind of whole idea of Christmas, you get all excited about Christmas and then it comes and then it's over and you're depressed. So you never even take the time to be happy in the moment, let alone down the road. So this right. one big thing is supposed to happen and you're supposed to be happy after that. Well, that's not how it works, unfortunately, right? Because it has to come within you. Um, so I always think that's interesting. And so you're, I think you're definitely on a good path there with that. Another thing it made me think of, and it's something that's happened in, in my life, our listeners probably know, but so, you know, I have Hashimoto. So um, weight loss has been a very difficult process for me. And I've done like you did every, everything, tried all of the things, right? right? And nothing works. Um, but um, something that I, I have done with myself was I stopped wearing shorts. I stopped wearing sleeveless shirts because in my head, I'm like, nobody wants to look at that. And so one of the goals I set for myself was, well, when I lose the weight, I can wear the tank tops and I can wear the shorts. So I had this epiphany and it was funny. It just happened to be that you were coming on the show, but I had this epiphany like four days ago because it's freaking hot here and I normally don't wear sleeveless shirts, but it's so hot that I'm like, and I want to, I'm going to use the F-bomb, but I won't use it. But you know what I want to say here um, is I wanted to just be like, okay, forget it. I, I'm wearing the sleeveless shirts. I don't care. I just don't care at this point. It's too hot. And so as I was doing that, I was like, why does it matter? Yes. The only person I'm hurting here is myself. Who cares about everybody else? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so the next thing I did was go order some shorts online. So I'm like, okay, this is just stupid. So, you know, if I start letting myself have these allowances again, my body will probably catch up. Um, So anyway, I just had to bring that up because I just had that crazy epiphany myself. I, love that you shared that story. Thank you so much. Because that really resonates with me because I remember a similar epiphany was, and I kind of have an analogy in my book of, you know, imagine there's a stranger on the street and I talk about like, you're walking into Starbucks and somebody holds the door for you. And if you are walking around with those, you know, negative self-talk of like, oh, I look terrible in this outfit, or I don't like the way my pants fit, or I can't wear sleeveless shirts or what have you, what does that stranger see. Or if you, I, I kind of call it like the 50 pound backpack of, of thoughts. If you drop that and you say, I love wearing sleeveless shirts. I, I like the way it feels. I love wearing shorts because it's darn hot outside. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe my legs don't look as uh, the way I'd like them to look, but I was able to walk here from my house to the Starbucks. And so that's a win. I appreciate my legs for that. If you're right. proactively practicing those, those thoughts, what does the stranger see? And, you know, spoiler is the stranger sees the same person. The right. only difference is to you. And I remember that, that same kind of epiphany. I was like, I could walk around thinking I'm hot and it doesn't matter. Except yeah. to me. 
Exactly. Nobody yeah. else cares. No. <laughs> We give so much credit to external external validation, and it's so silly, you yeah. know? It's so silly. But we do it. We do yeah. it. So, Lizzie, how do we not? Let's talk about, you tell us and our listeners, what can we do starting now to get that ball rolling in that more positive direction? Right. Um so it would be amazing if if I could say, let's flip that switch. And instead of you look in the mirror and you say, I hate my thighs, you just say, I look beautiful. And wouldn't it be great if that just worked? Oh, yeah. It doesn't. It's, it's <laughs> so deep. It's like bone deep. Right. So if you looked in the mirror and said, I'm beautiful, and you you know that is not the way you've been thinking for the last 30, 40, 50 years, your brain will call BS on that. It, it will feel like you're lying to yourself and it can almost backfire. Yeah. So it's very important to, if you think about kind of almost the energy of a thought, if the, the energy of, I I hate my body is a very low level negative energy. If you just go to neutral, that's a net positive. If you go from, I hate my body to, I have a body, that's a net positive. That's an improvement. And I have a body feels true. You're not lying to yourself. And so a lot of times as a simple step to kind of let go of that external validation and begin to change the conversation in your brain is to go from whatever the negative thought is, just make it neutral. Um, I hate my thighs to I have thighs or because of my thighs, I can walk from my bathroom to my kitchen and get coffee. And I love coffee, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Again, it, you want to make sure the thoughts you're thinking feel true. You don't want to be lying to yourself, but see if you can make them either less negative by going from negative to neutral or just a teensy bit more positive, but still true. Like the, you know, I may not like the way my thighs look by the word, excuse me, by the way, the word, but can be very useful in this exercise because it kind of negates everything that you said before it. So um, you could say, I don't like the way my thighs look, but because of my thighs, I can walk from my bathroom to my kitchen and get coffee. Or I don't like the shape of my body, but I am learning to make 1% improvements every day. I am learning to love everything about you know my five senses that my body can bring to me or I am learning how to create a partnership with my body, things that can feel true and just a little bit more positive. I like what you said that it can negate what came before on the front end of the, but mm-hmm. on a negative side of that, I you know, we've all experienced this. Um, no offense, but right. <laughs> you're about to offend me. Uh-huh. So we've all received it in that negative context. So I love that you can also flip that and do it positive. Yeah. 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 I I don't like my hair, but at least I have hair. (laughs) I don't know. That's totally not to like, at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have very thin hair. And for years, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, looking all in the mirror and stuff. And finally, I was like, you know what? I am happy for the hair that I have. Yes. That still feels true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you on that. I have the same issue. And again, yeah. it ties back to the Hashimoto's, which is yeah. that in itself is, is like my enemy. It's my nemesis, right. but it's something that I've had to um, kind of embrace and say, okay, it's there. So how do we work around it and work with it? You know, may I kind of tangent yeah, address on that? it? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I talk about is a little piece of the book is Sometimes the struggles we have, and obviously having Hashimoto's is a very unique, challenging struggle, can feel like our nemesis, can feel like the enemy almost. And again, that's that can feel like a kind of a low-level energy. And bringing it to, from a negative to a neutral, a way to do that is almost like, can you shift your story around that of this ailment I've had has been challenging. 
And maybe it is helping me have compassion for somebody who has a different kind of ailment. You know, maybe I don't know exactly what they're experiencing, but I know what it feels like and I can be a resource for them. Or um, another example I use in my book is like, maybe your struggle, this is to anybody, the struggle you've had with weight, maybe the story you can shift it to is, and because I've struggled with my weight, I can be prepared to help my daughter or my son or somebody someday who is going through their similar struggles. I can be a resource for them. Um, and so again, it doesn't negate the challenges, but if you can shift your story almost to a hero story of like this, because I have struggled through this, I can use it to, to be purposeful in my life somehow to help somebody else, to help me, you know, in some way it can, um, just kind of raise the energy on that, that story in your mind. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think I have used it because it's become a huge um, learning curve for me trying to understand what caused it, how do you overcome it, what, you know, a lot of times, um, and I'm sure you know this, but um, the autoimmune disorders are a lot of times triggered by childhood traumas. So I've now had to go back and learn all of these things, right, which now not only can I apply it to myself, but helps with my own coaching practice, yeah. So we recognize these things in lots of people now. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it has become that, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is good. But I, I think you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head there is that everything that happens to us and the things we go through, they, they're they here for us to learn from and to then teach others. So, right. Yeah. Thank you. Right. So when you talk about the stacks of um, diet books, that you devoured until you have the epiphany that, oh, wait a minute, maybe it's not on my plate, it's in my ears. I absolutely love that, that human connection, and that it all ties to what we've been talking about. Um, You don't get that from diet books. That's why you need a mentor or a coach, someone who's had that lived experience to, to literally take your hand and say, come on, I've been there. It's okay. Let's yeah. figure this out. I think yeah, sometimes I, I make the analogy that um, going on a diet is sort of like going on a trip to the, on the Titanic and telling the captain of the Titanic, you know, just watch out for those icebergs you see on the, on the surface and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's doomed to fail because diets tell us, follow these rules and you'll be fine. Just do these seven steps. And then when I struggle to follow the seven steps, which seem really simple, I must be the problem. And so I, number one, am not prepared for what do I do when I had a bad day? What do I do when it's late at night and I, you know, not ready to go to bed yet, but I'm still hungry. What do I do when I feel like I'm self-sabotaging myself? The diet didn't tell me what to do. So I must be the problem. So not only am I struggling, but I also feel like it's my fault. And that's, that's what I feel like we we need the manual for, you know, okay, diets, you can follow any diet you want, but let's talk about what happens when you struggle. Okay, now things get juicy. Now things like let's let's figure out what the obstacles are and how to help you get through the obstacles rather than like just follow these steps. Because if it were that easy, we'd all have six pack abs. Right. Right. <laughs> And the diet industry would fail. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So how do we start to learn to love ourselves while we're on this journey of wanting to see the numbers on the scale drop? Because, you know, there is a reality in an obesity problem, health Mm -hmm. issues. It's um, not black and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is it is a reality. Some people, it's not five pounds, it's 50, it's a hundred. Anyway, I'm you know going off on a tangent here. But right now, how do we learn to love ourselves and be our own champions on that journey towards that desired number? Yeah, it's a great question. And a lot of times it can feel like an either or. Either I am not happy with the way I look, and so I'm striving to lose weight, or I've given up and I'm just like fine, you know. It is, it is what it is. Yeah. And I would actually say that you not only can you 
want to change and, and, and adjust the size of your body, but you can also love yourself at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. They definitely go hand in hand. And so uh, a great way to explain that is the concept of states and stages. So a state is a state of mind, a feeling, and our states are influenced by our thoughts. So, um, Ramey, if I asked you, can you imagine a thought that makes you, or a person or, or memory that makes you feel really happy? Would you be able to conjure that here in our conversation? Mm, yes, I think. Um, trying to pull one right away. Uh, okay, sure. So do you want me to talk about it or? Um, not necessarily. It's more like, are you able to conjure up the feeling of happiness as we sit here in this conversation? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Same thing. Um, what about, you know, perhaps like something that's a little scary. If you think like of a scary movie or something like, is that something that, you know, you could bring up that feeling in your body right now? Mm -hmm. Yes. So our state is something that we can influence by our thoughts. Like I even think about like, if I'm imagining standing on the roof of a building with no rail, you know, that my body begins to have a physical reaction. My, my hands get a little sweaty. My heart starts to be a little faster. So you can change how you feel based on your thoughts. Um, so you can love your body and feel appreciative of your body. As you talked about with your walk this morning or appreciating, you know, your heart or your lungs, etc. You can do that anytime, but with your thoughts, mm -hmm. stages are sequential. You something you go from beginner to intermediate to advanced. So for example, Bonnie, if I said, um, you know, could you go out um, in five minutes and play Serena Williams in tennis and win? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Pretty easy. Yeah. Pretty easy answer we, there. We would need to progress from a beginner yes. tennis player to okay. intermediate to advance and so forth. And so weight loss is, a, is something that goes in stages. And so we go kind of in stages as we progress, you know, down the scale, let's say. And so you can be a beginner tennis player and love the game of tennis, even if you're in the beginner stage. You don't have to be an advanced stage to be to be happy, to enjoy. And the same is with weight loss, is that you can embody the state of appreciation and gratitude and happiness for your body, even if you want to change the stage you're at in your uh, progression of your weight loss journey. That makes uh, that makes complete sense. It's learning to love the stage you're in, regardless of your um, status in that stage. Yeah, Be beginner, intermediate, advanced. Right, and again, it's not. You don't have to go from "I hate my body" to "I love my body," as we discussed before. If if you just go from "I'm not I'm not at the stage I want to be at," but I'm learning to appreciate my body a little bit more every day or, um, but I appreciate the fact that my feet can, you know, get me out the door and to where I want to go because I would miss them if they weren't working. Um, there are things that you can appreciate about your body, even if you're not at the stage you want to be at. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about your book. You, you wrote a book. It's called You Are a Miracle. So tell us more about the book and how you came up with the name. Sure. Thanks. Um, so as I was going through my own process of learning to proactively take time to appreciate my body, I began to be almost in awe of this organism that I get to live in. You know, again, like my heart and my lungs exchange oxygen. How do they do that? Or I get a cut on my skin and it heals itself. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Um, you know, if you've had children, your body knew how to make a new person with a little bit of input from you, but not a ton. And that's pretty amazing, almost like a miracle. And I began to feel like there's so many, so many things about our bodies that are miraculous. And yet we spend so much of our time feeling negatively towards our body, that antagonistic relationship. And I wanted to help people begin to realize we get to live in these miraculous self-healing organisms that bring us the, you know, the sound of birds chirping, the feel of a pet's fur, um, 
soft sheets, you know, in the morning. We get to anything that we get to experience in this life is through this vehicle of our bodies. And that's pretty amazing. And if we could spend a little more time in that awe and a little less time in that antagonism, we would begin to enjoy the journey and be happy while we lose weight versus waiting till when. And as I began to get more into the, the the body piece of it, I also began to realize that there's so much more that I'm, I speak mostly to women um, in general, you know, this might apply to men as well, but for women, a lot of times we hold ourselves back that we don't allow ourselves that this is a generalization doesn't apply to everybody, of course, but we don't allow ourselves to fully shine and be our true selves in life until we lose weight. And so it became your body is a miracle, but you are a miracle. You are a divine creation. You came to this earth for a reason. You are not an accident and you have special specific gifts that you are meant to bring into this life to share. We need what you came to, to offer. And there are no, God does not make mistakes. And so not only is your body a miracle, but you are a miracle and you deserve to take up space. You deserve to shine and be exactly who you are. And I just wanted to kind of help people see that within themselves. And, you know, the more people who allow themselves to shine, the brighter everybody else's world gets. Uh, That's so true. Yeah, that's very true. So tell us a little bit more about that process of writing the book. And I asked because I'm just getting started on mine. So I love hearing other people's stories on this. Did you self-publish or did you end up finding a publisher or how, what did you do? Um, so the publishing piece um, is I have a, a friend who owns a publishing company, which I'm happy to share the name with them. They're amazing, okay. but they basically help you self-publish. So I own okay. the right. So it's basically self-published, but I did have some help with from a professional. Um, but the process of writing the book was kind of funny. Um, I had the idea to write a book first in 2013 when I was going through my journey very deeply and promptly thought, well, no one would want to listen to me. And like, that's an, that's a terrible idea. And so I put it away and long story short, um, several years later, God was tapping me on the shoulder again saying, remember that idea? It's time. And I just, so I wrestled with it. I was like, I'm not an author. Uh, This is scary. Um, Nope, nope, nope. And finally it's like, fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, I felt like it was very intimidating. And so I used one of the processes I uh, explained in the book um, about making wins so tiny and so easy that it's, it's too easy to say no. So I made a deal with myself that I would, before I got going at work uh, for work in the morning, I would write for 15 minutes and I could write one sentence or 10 sentences. Didn't matter. Just showing up was the win. I could write terrible sentences. You know, was not grading myself on quality. It was the win was showing up and I literally had a sticker chart and I would give myself a sticker and then you got to give your brain a reward. So I got uh, a little um, reward for myself for, um, for showing up for 15 minutes and as the stickers began to accumulate, I still didn't have a book, but I, and so those mornings when I was like, this is a stupid idea, I could look at my track record and say, well, I am making progress. And over time, progress turned into, instead of terrible writing, a little bit better writing. And it, it allowing myself to have the tiniest of wins and feel successful with that allowed me to keep going, which is totally the same when it comes to weight loss. Right. Well, kudos to you. As I'm reading your book, um, I don't feel like you're writing a book at me. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. It goes back to the conversation. So whatever was going through your mind, are you a writer um, who wants to listen to my voice? You did it in such a way that speaks to the reader as if we were having a conversation. And I, I just wanted to say, again, I love that. Thank you. So, you know, it just goes to show that you have a passion and a purpose and a story to share. Ramy, you do. You know, don't be afraid of the um, the details. The, yeah. You know, you have you can get an editor for that. You can, you know, whatever. But 
someone out there needs to hear your story. I could not agree more. And Ramey, I don't know what your book is about, but kind of going back to the idea of you are a miracle. Your voice is meant to be heard. We need your voice in the world. So I Mm -hmm. am cheering you on. Right. Heck yeah. (laughs) Heck yes. Yeah. Well, well, so Bonnie, you kind of brought this up and and Lizzie, you've been talking about it a little bit. And we always like to ask our um, guests to talk a little bit about if they, if you feel like they're living in their purpose, which I, I hear that you are here. And then how you kind of um, connect your purpose and your spirituality to to your business. So do you mind addressing that a little bit? Sure. Thank you. Um, actually, I um, went through a little bit of a, I don't know if a crisis is the right word, but basically I was let go from a job, which I described in the book. And um, that was very difficult um, for my ego. And, but ironically, it was the greatest gift because I used that as an opportunity to look within. And instead of looking for my external validation in my job, I began to look for what are the gifts that I was born with that God gave me that I can bring to the world that also make me feel really good when I share. And the answer that came, came forth kept what was just coach coach. And, um, as I began to look for types of coaching, weight loss coaching, just seemed like the uh, you know perfect alignment because it brought back that personal journey I had been on. And if I can empower someone to see their own story, this, the story they're telling themselves and let go of some of that guilt, some of that shame and recognize kind of like the stranger on the street, you get to tell yourself the story of, of, of you and your day and how you feel in your body. And it does not matter to somebody else why not stack the deck in your favor? And so it just is so, um, it's such a genuine gift to me to be able to help someone feel better about themselves. And so, yes, I, I feel so grateful to have had that opportunity to delve within myself, to feel like, what is my purpose? Um, and I do feel in alignment. It's not been the easiest journey to get there, um, but I'm so grateful to be here. And, um, I tie it into my spirituality because I feel like I am like the lantern and God is the light. And my job is to, Oh, dogs are excited about it too. Um, (laughs) my job is to let God shine through me and my spirituality. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we know you have a book and we know you have a podcast so we we're going to definitely put those in the in our show notes so everyone can experience it as well. Um, I listened to a little bit of your podcast; it's great. Thank you for that. Thank Are there you. any other books or podcasts out there that you'd recommend that maybe have inspired you in some way along this journey? Yes. Um, in terms of books, uh, two of my all time favorites. Uh, first is Mindset by Carol Dweck, just absolute classic, great book. Um, and, uh, you are a badass by Jen Sincero is definitely a favorite of mine. We were just reading that Bonnie. (laughs) I just finished it. It was so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and there are, um, a number of, you know, other weight loss podcasts that I listen to that I admire. Um, losing 100 pounds with Corinne is a terrific podcast. Um, the life coach school, gosh, I mean, I'm a podcast junkie, so I listen to all kinds of them. So yeah. Perfect. Perfect. If you were to recommend one simple action today towards shifting your mindset um, when it comes to weight loss and body image, what would that be? Great. So I'm going to give you two. Both are really simple. One is kind of uh, a mental one and one is a physical action one. So the mental one is, uh, Ramey, a little bit like what you talked about. Of, I would encourage anybody to think of your five senses. So not just your sight. Think of your ears. What do you get to hear that you love to hear? You know, the sound of your children laughing, um, something like that. Smell. Uh, what do you get to smell that you love? And it is because of your body that you get to smell it. The smell of coffee, uh, the smell of cookies, um, the smell of your child's hair, um, something like that. My child that happens, oh, I have two kids, but I have a 16-year-old son. So smelling him, not always the greatest. <laughs> Yeah. Or we could go super literal here and say, stop and smell the flowers. Literally. Yes. Stop and smell the flowers. Yeah. Smell yeah. the roses. Yeah. Exactly. So the the mental tiny step is practice 
all five of your senses and what can you appreciate about your body that it brings to you in, in because of, um, your, all of your senses. Um, the action step, the tangible one is actually, um, I know that our brains have a, a negative default, you know, that that's, that's just the way our brains are set up because like the cave gal who was on the lookout for the tiger, she's the one that survived and passed down all of her genes. And so our brain's default setting yeah. is what's wrong. Clearly there's something going on in my, my, um, life out here. And my, my dogs are excited about it as well. So I apologize. <laughs> um, so I know that left to their own devices, our brains will look for what's wrong. So I have a note card in my pocket every day of what do I want to train my brain to look towards? And so a tangible action that you could take is, um, I am learning to create a partnership with my body each day. So write it on a sticky note and just put it in your pocket or something to remind yourself, here's what I'm working towards of where I want my thoughts to go. Perfect. I love that. I love it. I, I love when, with all of our guests, no matter what the subject is, how it all comes back to that mindset. Oh yeah. Of retraining your thoughts, you know, your thought, what it, what is it they say? Your thoughts become, your feelings become thoughts, thoughts, thoughts become are, actions. Your thoughts, yeah. Thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly, you know, it all, it, like you said, it's all between your ears, whatever your goal is. It's just sad to me that we as women in particular, and you know, I don't hear a lot of men's body image stories. I know they're out there. Oh my gosh, the time we waste, the time oh, yeah. we have wasted oh, on beating ourselves up over the size of our thighs or the number on the scale. It's it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you? Where can our listeners find you, Lizzie? Oh, thank you so much. Um, my podcast is the Confident Body Podcast. Um, if you're looking for my website, it is confidentbody.coach. And as we've mentioned before, my book is called You Are a Miracle, available on Amazon. And I just want to thank you ladies so much for the opportunity to be here. It has just been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lizzie. It has been fun yes. and enlightening. And like I said, I'm enjoying your book. I'm going to highly recommend it to everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again so much, Lizzie, for joining the show. Thank you very much. All right. And thank you listeners for joining us again this week. Um, if you want to be a part of our show, if you have any questions, would like to be a guest on our show, email us at conversations on life, work, and love at gmail.com. We'll talk to you again next week. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites. You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.